Bad laws worse than the homeless crisis in San Francisco, and residents use an environmental lawsuit to stop a homeless shelter. Activists demand the firing of feminist grad student for criticizing the transgender movement. And we're number 50 in friendliness to business. That's what's coming up in this week's episode of California Streaming. This is the California Streaming Podcast with your hosts, Bobby, Jonathan, and Louie. We're three conservative California natives putting ridiculous state and local politics on blast. So hop on our magic bullet train to nowhere and let's talk some California politics. Summertime in California. Here we are. Welcome back. Welcome back. You know, it sucks how awesome our weather is. I know. And how awful our government is. (laughs) Exactly. You couldn't get a bigger spread. It makes you wonder if we had the same government, but it was Minnesota or something something like that where the weather blew. You know, and I've thought before. I don't think we've ever talked about this. I've thought about, does it inevitably go here? If you've got this nice a weather and that there's that natural of attraction for people creating a bigger moat, then isn't the government allowed to run more wild without losing people? Uh, yeah, well... You know, like, would you yeah. ever see this liberal of a government in, like, I won't name one, but a much less desirable state weather-wise? Yeah, it's almost like you have two, like, power curves, <laughs> right. right? And at some point, there's <laughs> right. a part... There's a. A place where they intersect. Exactly. Where you get maximum kangaroo government and, <laughs> right. and awesome living. Right. But then you start to spread that power it's, curve. I'm going to take your premise and go, this is like the Cuba excuse, right? Where you go, oh, well, we're always broke because we have all these hurricanes that come through every <laughs> single season. And, and everything gets blown down and yeah. uh, we have to start all over again. Yeah. You know, just I, I kind of see the that's where you're kind of going with it. But over here... Do we complain like, oh, we had an earthquake and all of a sudden we, we must rebuild every single year? Yeah, well, I mean, we, we're we on episode 54 now yeah. of problems in this state. Right. And we haven't even scratched the surface. <laughs> right. But, I mean, we live in a gorgeous place. It's right? true. And a lot of, well, a lot of coastal California is gorgeous. Uh, Inland California is probably, unless you like the, the desert motif. But that's part of the allure, right? You can You can literally within five, six hours, half a day, get to kind of like any environment. Yeah, the, the mountains, the snow, whatever you want. Right. You know, the beach. It's all it's all available. So yeah. John and Louie were talking to me earlier about toning down the burn it all down slogan that I got. <laughs> and I'm like, well I, I'm not advocating violence. Okay. I'm just being a little fun with the whole premise of, you know, our government's a little bit they're out Wild of, they're right out of control. They're a little out of control. Yeah. Burn it all down is a euphemism for let's start over. Yeah. Uh, just this, to clarify. This, this ain't working. I, We're not I, talking I want, about I want to know what I want to know what the safe <laughs> words are when I read an article like this oh, safe that words. happened Here today and said California officials on Tuesday, which is today that we're recording, move towards uh awarding a 1.65 billion contract to design and construct the tracks and system for the first segment of its beleaguered high-speed rail project oh my goodness. from Bakersfield to San Francisco. Oh, so many people in Baco just oh. wanted to get to, to and San And you the could. reason, here's the reason. Here it comes. Let us, what is the it? reason is because they want to get ahead of making sure this thing is built by 2022. 
Oh, um, you're dreaming. Be- oh, there is no because way. Otherwise, Trump will um, get the money back from the federal grant, which is only $1 billion. So we have to pot- commit ourselves to the entirety of the $80, million, $80 billion uh, high speed rail to keep access to one billion dollars. There you go. Oh, that so makes like what's sense. like what words should I use for our government? <laughs> like, like stupid. Okay. That's one. Like, let's keep a PC here, right? But keep, <laughs> look, if if Caltrans is involved at all, we don't have to worry about the deadline being hit. <laughs> let's just twenty twenty two. If they have gone from Bakersfield to. I mean, most people don't. Fresno? That would be... No, no, no. That's way too far. I I think that is... That's way too far. (laughs) I'm thinking like Bakersfield to Shafter. I mean, there's like little towns around Bakersfield that they might make it to by 2020. Let me read you a little quote here. It was at the end of the article. Yeah. It was from Daniel Curtin. Do you guys remember this guy? That name does sound familiar. He's uh, from past episode. He's a head honcho of all the unions. He's a carpentry Uh, union. We did one where he was... uh, Kind of incestuously involved with a bunch of <laughs> officials, right? A of it was a bunch of. Um, I think that's right. He's on like every a, single board. Yeah, you did a big connect the dots, like exactly I don't know, thirty episodes ago. Oh gosh, it's been that long. Yeah, but yes, okay. Ago. Let's go. It says losing the experience of those who are building our project now on the grounds that they're going to give them a heads up on the next part of the project actually sounds counterintuitive to me. So we need to keep them on the payroll. <laughs> Forever and ever to build this thing. That, that, so, so yeah. keep them on retainer. Yeah, but but now you're getting to the heart of the whole project: a jobs program, right? A union jobs program. That's the whole point of all this. A job for life. If you take our rail system back to its inception, it's always been corrupt. Turn it off, right? <laughs> right. So why would it be any different right. now? To expect it to have cleaned up. The railroads are like the original corrupt yeah, the, organization in the state. Right. Or in the country, really. Right. Just add a little twist to it, a little turn here and there. Add a little add government subsidy, mm-hmm. and then it's just even more corrupt. You know, I, I wouldn't put it past them, because we've talked about how they're using a lot of existing rail and just kind of putting lipstick on a pig with trains that don't mm-hmm. really achieve any super speed. Right. If they just kind of lame ducked a different train on some track <laughs> that so, existed already. Okay. So we should start, we should start placing bets, start kind of doing a little meter here. There's, there's a track, there's a train, an Amtrak train. It's uh, in the San Joaquin. I forget the, the titling of it, but it goes from like Bakersfield all the way up to Sacramento. Okay. What do you, to your point? Yeah. What do you want to bet? That they're gonna they're gonna shine job some new cars, and a new they'll look engine. fast little body kit. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. A little muffler, little, yeah, little muffler uh, up here, right? like, like a like a dictatorship kind of communist thing where they just put <laughs> Fresno some, drift some, <laughs> some new sparkle on on some crap and just say look what we did. This is your tax dollars at work. You know what? For it. I give that. Yeah, you'll see the train. It would be magical. I'm thinking this actually has as good a shot as as anything being built from Bakersfield to Fresno. There's no way they could domain enough land to just even lay the track and the infrastructure needed to put a freaking train on it. There's no way to get from... What, how many miles is that? Bakersfield to Fresno is a good uh, hour and a half, hour 45 drive. 
Yeah, so, I mean, you're talking a couple hundred miles yeah, probably right. from Bakersfield. Yep. yep. Plus, you still got to cut. It, you got to cut west. Oh yeah. No, no. You got to. Uh, that's the trickier part. You got to get right? through the mountains. Right. Uh oh. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Bakersfield to Fresno. There's a whole lot of flat. So right, right into Sac too. Right. Like if you were actually <laughs> right. Bakersfield to Sac would probably be, might even be more used because of the government infrastructure and everything. But I yeah. cutting through. I mean, this has historically been the problem for people who don't know in California. These trains is getting through our mountain ranges. That's right. They wanted to tunnel into L.A. That was the original thought. Right. They still haven't figured uh, out how they're going to do that. And anyone who's ever driven north from say the south South uh, California. Knows that you know once you get to Santa Barbara, you're pretty pot committed to the west side of the state. That's right. Until you find a place to cut over, or you got to backtrack, or you got to backtrack. Right. Yeah. You got to get around the mountains. Right. Or you're taking the 101 all the way up. That's right. Obviously, we need to time travel and find Mulholland again. So he's the only one who found a way over the mountains. That's who we need. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Mulholland. I want to uh, switch gears a little bit. I want to ask you guys a question since you're right here. Okay. As opposed to normally, uh, as opposed not. to normal stuff. <laughs> that, no, this is different. Okay, because a lot of uh, action has been happening in the NBA. Want to kind of get your take oh. on? Mm. It now seems three big teams here in California: Golden State, L.A. Clippers, the and Clips. the L.A. Lakers. Right. Um, I'm afraid the Kings are. Oh man, when was the last? For, <laughs> when was the last time someone thought about the Kings? Back in the day. Like when I was in grade school, Lakers Kings oh, were, well, were a decent matchup. With Peja with Vlade. Those were classic. Uh, Turkey glue. But now it's like, mm, no, not even on the radar. Doesn't Shaq own like a piece of the team? Does he? But so. doesn't he? I know. Yeah. I, Papa I, John's, the Kings. You know. Not to deviate, but I, I read this article that Shaq is like the highest, uh, most profitable, like grossing athlete right. after sport because of all the endorsements he does. I see mean, hot. Kia, uh, the general gold bond, gold bond, the dudes <laughs> yeah. and everything. Plus he's doing all the half, half time shows, shows and yeah. pre-shows and all that. Yeah. Him I mean, and Charles Barkley are pretty funny. They, I, I would agree. Well, he's a very likable person. Yeah, totally. Like he walks into a room and you go like, Oh, it's Shaq. And you just automatically love him. Yeah. That's it. It's just a big lovable goo. So what's your question? So who do you think is going to be on top of the California Triangle oh, here. Cal- oh man, just the California one, because it's a hard, it's a hard one. Got- Vegas has Lakers actually pretty high Do to they? go all the way next year. Do they really? Mm-hmm. But the Clippers have been that way since before the Anthony Davis deal, right? The Clippers made a move though; they made a pretty significant move, and I think it really does bump them up there. And I don't know how high. I'm down to see a little more competition in the league. You know, and to, Westbrook leaving. To, I was going to say to that end, the Rockets. I don't now. Yeah. I don't know. Now you got them back united. Yeah, Westbrook. But, but I think it's it's still the whole NBA is still up like there's six teams, of and course. then everybody else no, no. is like, uh, why are you even competing? And right. then there's probably I don't know four teams that are really a joke. Like, <laughs> well, we had this crossfire question a couple episodes ago, right, about the lopsidedness of teams. Yeah, yeah. And if salary caps are yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. You know, you do kind of get these concentrated powers to major metro areas. I think Oklahoma City is one of the outliers in it all. Yeah. Because they have a star or they had a star, yeah, right? Yeah. So that team's, yeah, it seems like it's in dismantle mode. Yeah. Right. So I, I, I don't know what the future holds for them. Probably not nothing good. I don't know. 
of any other teams. I mean, there's the three teams there, uh, Houston. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Raptors aren't going to be as good as they were last year. I, obviously, Kawhi right. is gone. Right. And then what? Uh-huh. Who's on the <laughs> East Coast? I don't know. Um, uh, Boston. Boston. Yeah. We'll have to just see what happens. Yeah. See, it, it just, we still have the circle of only these, this number of teams are, it's true. are watchable. Do you have any Fed topics, or should we break into California? So let's go California. Yeah, California's fine. All right. Where's my uh, magical button? Where's my swoosh? It was fierce. All right. This article. This is a old uh, John Stossel doing a video for Reason.com. Yeah, I, I think he teamed up with them starting, I don't know, a couple of years back. Really? After, his, after his ABC stint. Yeah. I'm kind of combining two stories here. So the first one is uh, Bad Laws Cause Homeless Crisis out of San Francisco. And the second one is while homeless population balloons, San Francisco residents use environmental lawsuits to stop homeless shelters from being built with a uh, NIMBY stuff. Man. Uh, so this one with uh Stossel, basically he did a kind of little investigative uh, video on the problems in San Francisco. His assessment is that San Francisco encourages homelessness by limiting housing, offering generous welfare, and failing to enforce basic laws. And this is kind of what we see in Seattle, too. Right. When you watch their little video, the cops don't even enforce any of the laws. That, they're, not told, they're told not to, right? Uh, San Francisco is one of America's richest cities, yet it has a major problem with homelessness and crime. An average of 85 cars are broken into daily, yet fewer than 2% lead to arrests. The homeless themselves are often harassed. They run around and they shout at themselves. One man who usually sleeps on the streets told our crew, they make it bad for people like us that hang out with a sign. So you've even got infighting within the homeless. You got the homeless that just beg with a sign and the ones that are 5150 crazy ruining it for the other ones who are looking for a couple bucks. Or you don't even have to be 5150 crazy. You can just want to break into stuff and steal stuff. San Francisco's politicians have promised to help the homeless going back decades in 82. Diane Feinstein, she was the mayor at the time, bragged Classic. about creating a thousand units right here in the Tenderloin district. Thousand units. In two thousand two, good old Mayor Willie Brown said you gotta do something about it. <laughs> oh my god. Oh crazy. my god. They've been saying this since Feinstein was mayor, and I think she was mayor before we were all born. In two thousand eight, Mayor Gavin Newsom boasted about moving quote sixty eight six thousand eight hundred and sixty human beings off the street. And in 2018, San Francisco passed a new local tax to help pay for homeless services. But, but the they, results have been yeah. extremely lackluster. Stat of the day. San Francisco has reportedly had an increase of 30% yeah. in their homelessness since 2017. It has exploded. That was a good stat. But back to what you started to the topic saying. Why would it not, right? And what you were saying, Stossel is going to, or was talking about in a general sense, the supply of support. I, I mean, it's on some point here, you can't blame people oh, yeah. who are homeless from wanting to migrate to San Fran. I have a, I have a clip here. It's like a minute and a half. Um, I'll start playing it. We can pause it and talk about some of the points I bring up. It's just a mess. And there's everywhere. It's just a mess out here. Where is the poorest? 
dirtiest, most depressing slum in the world? In Haiti? India? Africa? Is that what this is? No, I'm in America. One of the richest parts of America, highest rents in all of America. This is San Francisco today. Encampments of street people everywhere. When you look at the footage from his video, it is just nonstop encampments. Tent bay, I mean tent tents. Bays, yeah, right? or it's crazy. Cardboard boxes. And he already said it. Maybe he's going to talk about it a little bit more. We've talked about it on the show. The highest rents. We're back to supply and demand. I know we keep harping on this on the show. We've got a housing crisis in California. They, along with San Francisco, look for every way possible around the only solution proven by basic economics. Right. Supply. Which leads to the other story that's attached. No, you're wrong. Okay. Some pitch tents, planning to stay a long time. Some have mental problems. Vampires are real and I'm paranoid as all hell. Other people complain. <laughs> oh, come on. It was sad, but it was funny. I mean, like, what do you want us to do? Vampires are real. That dude's scared. I'm, I'm kind of hoping he said that because a camera was in his face. I'm hoping. Mm, I don't know. About them. They run around and they shout at themselves. They make it bad for people like us that hang out with a sign. Hey, bitch, stick that camera for Some people shoot up. In plain sight. It's nasty. Video right. footage of someone putting a tourniquet on. Oh, and right. shooting so, up. Like, we, we have to distinguish that there are people with real problems. Absolutely. Real problems. Absolutely. And then there are people who have a said lifestyle. Correct. I, for one, because we live in a town that has a homeless pro- a problem as well, I'm tired of that being the first response to when the homelessness issue gets brought up mental health as if every single person you see who's homeless on the street it's a mental health problem yes that is an aspect it's not everyone it's not it's not i mean there's a lot of people who if you stay on the streets too long and if you're addicted to drugs too long okay okay then yes you're going to develop some problems okay right you know, this is inevitable but there's a lot of people who love the idea of urban camping. Oh, that, right. that some somebody's going to feed them, somebody's going to give them cash, and they don't have to have a job. They go where the wind takes them. In the course of my job, we had an area by me full of homeless, and the city worked to really clean it up, and they put all the homeless out of the the river bottom into an adjacent park. And for a month, the park was where they could stay. And the county and city had all the available services they needed to get help try to get out of their situation. They had a psychologist there, mental health there. They had the, I thought this was pretty cool, the DA's office and public defenders there because some of these people just don't qualify for something because they have some stupid warrant for uh, okay. a traffic violation, some minor warrant, right? They tried to clear that They'll up. help clear you up. Okay, okay. Um, and then they had different, you know, um, nonprofit organizations, religious organizations yep. out there. Yep. At the end of that month, there's still a percentage of people that just didn't want any help. Right. They just, right. I, I live, I live off the land, bro. Right. So to those people, I don't know what you do with them aside from forcing them into incarceration or something like that. Right. You can help all these people and make service available, but then a lot of people don't even 
want them. Hey, you've made the people who say no the bad guy. Because oh, oh ab- absolutely. You absolutely, right? You're saying, but that's, you know, you cannot do this. You cannot sleep in somebody's property. You can't defecate on the street. You can't, you can't shoot up on the street. You can't do this. And all of a sudden, we made that a bad, bad thing. Being a disciplinarian is a bad thing. You're, you're 110% right, but isn't that just in general what's happening? Not only in the state, but federally? We, I think it's even just child-rearing. Exactly. <laughs> right. um, you can be whatever you want to be at any time. You can be whatever gender you want to be at any time. You got, can be as fluid as you want for anything. Three uh, stories of parents who aren't going to, their three-year-old is signaling to them that they may want to be, or they don't know what gender they are, and the parent goes along. No, your kid's three. Right. Get it together. Right. Oh, man, we tried nothing, and we're all out of ideas. I don't know what's going on, man. Unbelievable. Yeah. No, it, it, I've had this conversation with people where it's just a lack of having to actually make a decision yes. and stick with something. Yes. And I think it's just part of being morally bankrupt, right? Because if you have a set of virtues and morals, you have some kind of line. And for a lot of people, that's religion, right? Like the only thing that stops me, and I've said this before, one thing that stops me from punching you in the face and taking your wallet is that it's bad. And we've come up with a construct right. that it's bad. <laughs> right. You, right. You operate with that philosophical framework every day of your life. Right. And then we try to augment that with a law. But even that law is rooted in just the moral you gotta, code of yeah. don't punch John in the face and take his wallet. You got to care it's, to not go to jail to potentially for punching me in the face. And for most of us, wallet. the only thing that stops us from being burglarized or robbed is a, you know, inch and a half, two inch thick door right. and some window glass. Right. Right. So we've just said as a society, hey, this isn't a cool thing to do to people, right? But once you start wandering the line and you don't really want to have any kind of guardrails on your life, I just want to do whatever I want to do, man. Then you lead to those situations. I, I, don't, I don't even want to live in a house. I just want to live on the street. Discipline is certainly um, going out of style. Discipline, guardrails, rules, and following them. That's that's becoming more and more rare. I, I'm going to sound like an old man here, <laughs> as opposed to any other. <laughs> as, as opposed to <laughs> okay. When I got in trouble by the teacher growing up, yeah, my parents did not take my side. Oh, like the teacher was always correct. Oh, I ne- yeah. Even if I was right, it was like you couldn't be right. You're just a dumb little kid, you know. Like you probably right. did something to piss the teacher off. These days, it's like let's Ooh, sue the teacher, let's oh, sue yeah. the district, let's. Oh, yeah. My kid treated unjustly. It was racism. It was sexism. It was misogyny. It was whatever. We've just lost this, like, adults and disciplinarians and any kind of sense of that. What do you think, Bob? Well, I think it's always your fault, Louis. I mean, <laughs> we're going to start there. I mean, like, like, let's not grasp at straws. I mean, I just look at you and I go, irresponsible all the way through. What's the rest of the, of the clip? <laughs> In any event, I think or maybe there's a little more. Let's see shooter drugs like right there the police don't do anything about it they'll get somebody for drinking a beer but they'll walk right past people using needles every day in you know san what? francisco I got, on average i got a story here it's um 
my parents used to own a home that was right next to a vacant lot. Oh boy. Okay. And it was, it's very rare to have a vacant lot in the town because it's so damn expensive and anybody with a little bit of cash would develop it. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Oh, okay. So it's right next to a vacant lot. And one day, um, a homeless man decided to pitch a tent there. Right. And so I called up the police. Squatting rights. No. Yeah. I called up the police and I said, Hey, you know, there's someone that set up a tent on the vacant lot right next to him. Can you push him away? And they go, well, what did he do wrong? I went, wow. uh, and I think about this for Trespassed? a second. Trespassed? I mean, yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> we know the people who own it and they can't develop it because it's, there's too many regulations and too many hoops to jump through. But the critical part is they own it. They own <laughs> it. It's owned. It's not just vacant for because it's vacant. But I went, hmm, um, well, you know he's passed out drunk in the middle of the street and it looks like he's dead. Oh, okay, we'll be over there in a few minutes. Right. But yes. if he that if that part wouldn't have been part of it, if he just would have been hanging out in his tent reading, mm-hmm. no problem. Yeah. Well, we just it just passed and I was thinking about doing the story too, but we 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 did the the pre vote legislative kind of um briefing on the legislation that was taking away the lethal force rights from police officers or making it more difficult to use deadly force. And that ends up passing. So now the police officers got to come up with all sorts of, and I I was afraid for my life isn't good enough anymore. Right. You have to be able to articulate all this stuff. And this is what it leads to. We keep attacking the cops. Yep. And so the cops just say, well, I got discretion. I don't have to go hook this guy up and it's going to be more trouble than it's worth. Especially if my DA's office isn't going to do anything further with this person, why should I even bother? Like we see that with marijuana stuff, even prior to all the legislation, was why even bother if the DA is not going to move on anything? Right? So that's what you're getting here. But this dovetails into this other article, also from Reason. Uh, The headline is, While Homeless Population Balloons, San Francisco Residents Use Environmental Lawsuits to Stop Homeless Shelter. So... Basically, it's some, you know, not in my backyard stuff. We were just talking about this, too, on an episode or two ago, I think. San Francisco residents are alleging that a new housing development was approved without appropriate environmental review. Oh, man. The development in question is planned. 200-bed temporary homeless shelter on the city's Embarcadero waterfront area. It would replace what is currently a publicly owned parking lot used by fans visiting the nearby Giant Stadium. So, um... Good old Mayor London Breed back in March as part of the city's navigation center program, which provides temporary shelter to homeless people so they can navigate while they are connected to other city services. And boy, do they have city services. And again, like we were talking about a couple episodes ago, the use, the weaponization of CEQA, right? right? The California Environmental Quality Act is right at the heart of this one again. Because I think if I understand right, the board of supervisors said, well, because of how we're doing it, we can get around it. First of all, that that brings up the whole, wow, if, if you don't think from that, the government doesn't believe that they're all powerful, almighty. But that aside, now you've got this group of people who doesn't want it to happen. So they're using CEQA to say, well, no, in fact, you can't get around CEQA that way. CEQA is actually applied this way. It's a complete farce. What's interesting, though, and I I agree with you 99.9% of the time, the argument here is that they never did an environmental impact report on this thing. 
Right. That's back right. to the, the, the power that the supervisors <laughs> believe they have that when right. I don't want sequit to apply, it doesn't need to they apply. Said, they said it was too expensive and would take too long. Of course. So we're not going to do an EIR, which for those that don't know, anytime you do anything, you got to do an impact report to see how your, your thing is going to impact the neighborhood. Wait, did they do an EIR on the tent cities that are popping up? Because I'm sure they wouldn't pass. <laughs> those are different temporary shelters, Bob. Mm. When are people going to wake up and realize that it's a big problem when your elected officials don't believe they have to play by the same rules that you do? I love this. The city's board of supervisors ultimately rejected those complaints, approving the navigation center in June. In doing so, they also declared the project was exempt from the California Environmental Quality Act. Sure it is. Why not? Of course, because we need it to be this time. (laughs) So thus it is. I mean, give me a break. So you've got this. It's funny. You know, you got your. Here's the. I love the, the, the phrase from the article. The group who didn't want the shelter, they argued that the many, many negative environmental impacts the project would bring amounted to unusual circumstances that made this exemption improbable. It's just, it's just a bunch of people back to the guardrails discussion, back to there's nothing that's right. There's nothing, there, there, there's no rules anymore. There, you interpret anything however you want for whatever you need at the time. Right. And we don't, we don't want to do a report, so... We believe we're exempt. Right, right. Here's the reason why. Right. The other group says, no, no, we interpret this this way. Thus, you shouldn't be allowed to do it. God has spoken. Yeah. And you shall come. I think it's <laughs> gnarly. One last point. And you said this earlier, but San Francisco's homeless population has increased 30% in the last two years. That is a massive stat. Crazy. Big stat. That's just ah, 30% more. No problem. We can handle it. 30% more poop. And on that, on that note, boop. this one, this one's out of our own backyard here. Boy. That's why I picked it. Uh, also off reason.com. Activists demand firing a feminist grad student for criticizing the transgender movement. This story is pretty funny because it's, <laughs> really? it's lib on lib, lib on lib. Dumbness. We're seeing that on the federal level, and it's so great when you get to see it like here locally and on the state level. Jordan Peterson talked about this. Amazing. How when you divide and create so much tribalism that eventually you start, you can only cut the pie in half so many times before you're splitting halves and half and half and half. And you're at the individual. It's all done. Right? right? That's what's so hilarious (laughs) about this. Uh, So uh, this is out of UC Santa Barbara. It's a Title IX office, was aware of this matter and actively engaged in a response. So there's some Title IX violations that are alleged here. Some students and alumni of the University of Santa Barbara, at the University of California, Santa Barbara, want the administration to fire Laura Tanner, a graduate student in the Department of Feminist Studies. Oh, my God. Which right there you know, right, doubtful she's a conservative. I mean, she's a teacher at UCSB in the Department of Feminist Studies. Right. So she's got to be pretty progressive. She's woke. But the problem is, right, she's not woke enough. Not woke enough. What's the over-under on how much in debt she's in? (laughs) I thought you were going to ask, like, her level of wokeness. No, no. uh, no. It's probably another two lines on a graph that (laughs) correlates. That's right. Right? As your degree of wokeness goes up, your academic debt goes up as well. (laughs) 
<laughs> That'd be an awesome a statistical study. She's got the Bernie sticker going like, pay my tuition. Pay uh, my tuition. She's got the tolerance sticker on her car. I'm 400 grand in debt. I'm way more woke than you. All for a good cause because it's going to be forgiven <laughs> at some point. Uh, so she basically is starting to take a lot of flack from the trans community. Tanner, a self-described, quote, radical feminist, is at odds with what many progressives now believe about gender. Quote, a woman is a person with a female body and any personality, not a female personality and any body. That's what her Twitter banner reads. Quote, any other definition is sexism. The criticism of Tanner is directed mostly at her Twitter account. Uh, The Daily Nexus compiled a bunch of transphobic tweets she sent. It's not clear that Tanner voices these opinions in her classroom, and even if she did, they would be protected by the principle of academic freedom. Is there such a thing still? Is there such a thing? As what? Academic freedom? Yeah. Yeah, no. I learned a new term. I mean, in this day and age, I shouldn't be surprised. I'm learning learning a new term. A couple weeks ago, I learned Latinx. Yeah, right. I mean, (laughs) I'll excuse you on whatever term you've come up with. Uh, Trans-exclusionary radical feminism, also known as TERF. (laughs) <laughs> so, so no i'm serious did they stretch for the acronym Dude, i don't know okay but if you're a radical feminist but you exclude trans you're turf so i think if i'm understanding this right which i never do in any of this stuff laura tanner she's a turf and that's a problem i get let me give you a real live example with somebody famous i just looked it up because i remember this story and this was a while ago rupaul Oh, right. I remember RuPaul. RuPaul. The original. Uh, the original, yeah. The OG. The OG. Uh, still has a he, uh, she, whatever. They. Uh, no, no, no. He's, he's old school, so he doesn't give a flying F. Yeah, okay. 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 Um, because he's been through it all. Anyway, uh, he still has the um, the TV show. Oh, like RuPaul's on, Drag like on Race. Like on E or something. Yeah, yeah something like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, I remember I had this article. I pulled up the article really quick, and it was RuPaul Comes Under Fire for comments made during an interview with The Guardian when asked if the icon would allow bio-queens, biological women who mimic femininity through exaggerated drag characteristics. On his show, he responded, drag loses its sense of danger and its sense of irony once it's not men doing it because all at its core, it's a social statement and a big F you to male-dominated culture. So for men to do it, it's a really punk rock because it's a real rejection of masculinity. This is RuPaul, and the turf people <laughs> came down on fire. Like, RuPaul went out there and made something of himself with, with all the backlash in the time when it was actually dangerous for him to actually do the things he was doing. And then they come down and, like... You're not, you're not uh, woke enough. It's RuPaul for crying out loud. Yeah, and I think it's funny that uh, this stuff <clears throat> engages the Title IX office. <laughs> Title IX has gotten so far-reaching from its intended like original purpose that it's become like the end-all, be-all of anything gender-related, like on campus. There, Everyone goes yeah, through Title they IX. They will officially kill Title IX. So uh, for people who don't know what Title IX is, basically says that no person in the United States shall on the basis of sex be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, or be subjected to discrimination under any education program or activity receiving federal finance assistance. But if I could be anything I want to be. Yeah, how does Title IX apply if I all of a sudden declare 
I don't have a sex. I'm I'm I don't know. Am I like in a Title Nine like vortex? But isn't it still like a purgatory? <laughs> exactly. Isn't that still? Isn't no sex still a sex? <laughs> Is it? Is it? <laughs> we need to address that on a future I, episode. I get, even when I was reading this, I had to read it a few times because I feel like when you read these things, Dude, they're like reading double negatives. I got to read all this stuff. Like I've got to like chart it out. Like okay, they were this, they were this biologically, but then they think they're this, and they're they're feeling discriminated by this, and it's it's like reading double negatives. Yeah, I actually found I think linked in that article. There's a blog a, written written by, I don't know, curated by UCSB students and faculty. And I pulled on this very issue, I, they, they had an article. And so I pulled, I pulled some quotes from it. It's called The Bridge Called Our Health. That's like the, Ooh. yeah, that's the website. So this is, in, this is a statement, statement posted by several dozen students and alumni from UCSB. Material that denies the existence and lived experiences of trans people, especially trans women, is not only factually inaccurate, that's a pretty heavy use of the word fact, but harmful to trans students. Such views are incompatible with the ethical responsibilities of feminist studies as a discipline. We also demand that UCSB administration increase resources for trans students on campus, including but not limited to mental health, educational, social and justice-oriented resources. Demand. A safe space. So that kind of goes into what, where Title IX has really reared its head over the years, and that's sports. Yes. Right? So (laughs) because of all the, you got to treat everything equal. Yes. It requires that there be uh, equitable opportunities for participation assistance in intercollegiate sports. Yes. since most schools are like 50-50, male students and, I guess, female students. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, a lot of labels oh, here. This here is, we go. A lot of labels. This, is, this has kind of become like a roulette wheel, right? Oh, because yeah. roulette's totally. not just red and black. Right. right. Numbers green. And, and, and green. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's that's right. the color no one ever remembers. That's right. Uh, when it comes to doling out scholarships, you have to pass out a female scholarship for every male scholarship. Okay. And the biggest issue is always football. Because football has like an 85 person, you know, ton of scholarships. So now you got to like come up with all the scholarships. So it leads to, it leads to two or three female sports getting scholarships because of how many are in football and there's no female football team to counter it. Right. Right. So yeah, I, I wonder how the title nine scholarships work with people who don't declare a gender. It's a, it's a great question. Cause I'm thinking the track stars, right? All these people that are winning, or if you're biologically man, <laughs> right. do you come oh in on a female scholarship? And then if you're a woman, how are you not pissed at all this? I just, men eating up scholarships, men competing against you in your sports, and they're biologically men. Like that, that blows my mind. How far? Record breakers, man. Record breakers. <laughs> Asterisk in like the next years. How far are we away from maybe under the table sort of deals where the school admin or the admissions office says, Hey, Jimmy, drop your pants, new quarter. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to I'm not going that direction. Hormone testing. Uh, hey, Jimmy, um, you're a star quarterback. Why don't you just say you're a woman that way? When we give you a scholarship to be the new four-star quarterback to start here at the university, 
we're not really giving a scholarship to a guy. We're giving it to a woman. Yeah, And exactly. Jimmy says, no problem. Today, I'm a woman. And that, that's what we're talking about. You, no, it's you split these hairs. You can only split them in half so many times before it becomes absurd because... It's become absurd. Yeah. It's like just uh, California declaring that you have to have a female on, on your board exactly. for your company. Today? Well, what if I identify as a female today? I only identify one as one when I'm in the boardroom, though. That's as, as weird. You may, as you just, know, it's the air. Yeah. It's kind of strange. Yeah. But. You said the asterisk. And yeah. I went, remember when our biggest issue was Barry Bonds and steroids? <laughs> and now all of a sudden it's just straight up men in women's sports. Home run yeah. number. It's PIDs and it's, and it's hormones now. I, it's crazy. Wow. I would be pissed if I was a woman. Progress. Awesome. <laughs> We've just evolved backwards. Oh my goodness. I'm serious. I, I got a buddy who, who sends me like excerpts from articles and stuff about all these... And he even says it, I, to your point, I got to read these paragraphs that start talking about all of these terms and turfs and trans-exclusionary by Latin. And I, he's not I woke enough, man. I, he's no, 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 he's definitely not. Um, you got to get more woke friends. It's true. It's true. They it's just, not us. They just went over the deep end on this. And last question, I mean, something to think about before we change topics, just to ponder on. How many, again, how many points on the woke meter, if you're a turf, is that, ne- <laughs> is that like negative... Three, because because obviously you were you gained some points by being a radical feminist, but now you're trans exclusionary. I I went on a date once with this girl years ago. And Can we you confirm dinner. that it was a girl? <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure. And uh, I started talking to her about some stuff. We were out to dinner, and uh, it was first date. This is, I stopped using dinners for first dates. That's for sure, because it's very hard to bail out of them if it goes south. Uh, we got into some topics about I don't know. I don't know how we got there. Political uh, or something, yeah. It wasn't even political on its face, but she decided to break out and contradict her to us saying she wanted to let me know that she was a radical feminist. Okay. I'm like, okay. Duly noted. So then the check came and I said, so we're going to split the check? This is great. And she just had this blank stare on her face and I just put my card down. I said, that's what I thought. Because at the end of the day, you still wanted the free meal for me. You were so woke, but... But you wanted me to be a gentleman. That's fantastic. Did she say Good. anything? No, it was awkward. Luckily, it, you know. Good it was, for you, Louie. You pulled it out, laid it right <laughs> on the table and said, woke. I knew there wasn't going to be a second oh, of date. Course, yeah. I was over it right. from her soapboxing. I, I didn't think so. That's fantastic. And I was like, well, let's go Dutch. You wouldn't want a man to pay for your meal. Hey, Ooh, going Dutch, that's that? kind of racist right there. <laughs> I'm just going to say it right now. <laughs> uh, is that it for that one? This is going to carry us into oh no some crossfire. If that topic is going to lead to a crossfire, we got we got a problem here. All right, here we go. So in crossfire, uh, whoever's hosting the show, which is me today, we end up picking a question, and uh, the question can kind of be about anything. But Bobby and John play Rochambeau to figure out who's going to go first. And whoever goes that. first gets to pick their position on the topic. And uh, the other person then has got to defend the complete opposite position. Whether they agree or not. Whether they agree or not. And it's pretty funny because you get people defending some really ridiculous <laughs> Which I have a feeling is about to come up since of what we just talked about. And John is one, so he'll get to decide what stance he's taking. All right. So... 
we were just talking about Title IX and sports and all that. Yeah. There's been a lot of drama in the news lately about the U.S. soccer team, the female soccer team, yes. women's soccer team, yes. not getting paid the same amount mm-hmm. as men. That's right. Right? That there's this giant wage gap. Mm-hmm. The issue is, is that they get paid less not because of their gender, but mm-hmm. because they bring in such little money. Mm-hmm. So going through the last few World Cups, I'm not mm-hmm. going to spell them all out. But in total, the men have brought in $6 billion and the women have brought in $131 million. 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 Wow. Okay. So the women aren't even in the same universe in terms of Order revenue. of magnitude almost, yeah. Uh, if, well, yeah, definitely. If the women were paid the same total as the men, $400 million, they would be making nearly four times more than they generate. The men make 7% of their revenue. The women apparently want 400% of their revenue. Which is, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's pretty absurd. So mm-hmm. I ask you, yep, who's going first? I am. You are. <laughs> you lucked out on the this question. Totally. <laughs> should supply and demand and economics be thrown out the window, and should we just pay women the same exact amount as men by virtue, or should we pay men less and balance that out? Right. So the question really is: Should they be paid the same? And should we neglect the other forces for the sake of saving the liberal utopia? Mm-hmm. Or should we continue to pay them the percentages of what they actually earn mm-hmm. and go? Total supply, demand, market forces, baby. Although that's probably not shocking. So last time I checked, no one held a gun to the heads of either the men or the women. This is in Colombia. No one held a gun to their head to play on the soccer teams. There was a similar. There was a story this week too about a lady that didn't make it, and they thought she didn't make it because of her religious views. Maybe, maybe not. The point is, there are, I'm, I'm assuming, quite a few women. The depths of women, depths of men, who are very willing to play on the soccer team. If the, if, if the women who played on the field didn't like what they were getting paid, no one forced them to sign up. If the revenue is coming in, just like sports teams, if revenue is coming in. And that's what can be paid out to these people. So be it. If those people don't want to earn that and they want to earn more or less, they're welcome to make their own decision. So John was adamantly against it. So I must be for it. And I, for one, would be for at least the 15-year-old boys soccer club that defeated the (laughs) women's team right before the actual World Cup to get paid equally as well. So in any of those, uh, a shame on the men's side for making this big hoopla about how much endorsements they get. They are already huge uh, multimillionaires playing for more money in representation of their country. If anything, they should band together, at least play a, a couple of warm-up games with the women... That'll drive some revenue, and everyone will get paid equally. I don't know. It's, it's kind of lame. You know, it's an, inter- um, an interesting kind of side note to this. I wish I had... I, I can't remember the, the company. But I think there's somebody that came in and and offered like more pay to the women's soccer team. Yeah. Like a private company. No, wasn't it like Procter & Gamble? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Right. right. Fantastic. Totally welcome to do so. I think what's interesting is when you break it down, so men make 7% of the revenue numbers, okay. 
Women earn 20% of their revenue numbers. So you want to go on pure math. Technically, yeah. they're overpaid. Yes. Yeah. Right? Which it's, I don't know. I, I don't think their actions after winning helped boost that $131 million Oh, absolutely it did. It got, it got them the endorsement of Johnson & Johnson. Was it Johnson Johnson? Well, I'm sorry. No, I forget. Procter well, Gamble. Procter Gamble. I'm sorry. Yeah, Procter I, I Gamble. Know, but I think it's one of those. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I got, again, I got no problem defending. Yeah. I, <laughs> I this mean, was a no-brainer for you. You know, it's it's not my money, so I don't care. That's exactly the whole point. If someone wants to endorse them up the yin-yang, go right ahead. Go for it. Spend it, your money there if you feel you get a return on your investment. It reminds me of the little part on your tax return that says, if you would like to send in extra money, here's how to do so. I'm tired of libs arguing that they should be taxed more. There's a mechanism to pay more taxes. Yeah, if you like, truly feel you want to get more money in Uncle Sam, do it. Who, Knock yourself out. Who is the one soccer lady? She took off her shirt and she had the big striking pose when she won. The, oh, Brandy Chestain. Uh-huh. She got paid through, like, Gatorade after that happened. So, like, I didn't yeah. see her, like, sharing the wealth on that one. Good point. True. Good point, Bobber. All right. We got our final topic. Yes, we do. This one didn't surprise me. Oh, right. Why doesn't it? Su- Yay. Why doesn't it surprise you, Louie? This one's from theindependent.org. Quote, we're number 50 in friendliness to business. California came in last place. Does, it, does that include joke. the territories? What's interesting is this poll is done by CNBC. This isn't like Fox News or Reason or somebody doing... You know, yeah, I don't, yeah, that's right. It's I just don't. respondents. So, America's top states for business was a poll that CNBC ran. They put all 50 states through a rigorous test and graded them based on more than 60 measures of competitiveness in 10 broad categories. Each category is weighted according to how frequently states use them as a selling point in economic development <laughs> marketing materials. I doubt we're saying business friendly. Um, or if would, we are, I we're would, way out of touch. I would love to see that marketing piece. Uh, the way our study ranks the states based on attributes uh, they used to sell themselves, CNBC's criteria was developed with guidance from a diverse array of business and policy experts and official government sources, okay. along with input from the states themselves. So California ranks number 50, dead last, with an F grade. They gave letter grades. Perfect. In the category of cost of doing business, uh, that was in business friendliness, and the cost of doing business category, California also comes in at 50 and manages an overall ranking of 32, closer to bottom feeder Rhode Island than Virginia, ranked number one overall. Uh, obviously not. It's not bragging rights. But um, what doesn't help the fact, what doesn't help our business is we still have the highest income and sales taxes in the nation. And we recently imposed a new tax on gasoline that can go up unchecked until further notice, which as a friend explained to me, was to our benefit and oh. convenience because it will just keep up with the cost of living. <laughs> <laughs> and it will fix our roads. And then the state Senate in May approved SB 258, which acknowledges that California is experiencing increased homelessness and provides services for pets whose owners are without a home. I, I looked this one. I looked at, No, no. This one, yes. I, I looked this bill up, and I've got, I, if you'll let me. I got to read some yeah. some statements from this bill. Point A, 
this is like literally from SB 258. The legislature finds that California is experiencing increased homelessness. Okay. Right. Yep. That's yep. no brainer. Guilty. Five to 10% of homeless have dogs or cats. Hmm. Okay. All licensed, right? <laughs> right. Okay. Spayed and neutered. Being, being asked to abandon a pet is a major barrier to engaging homeless persons to use services and is emotionally draining to an already vulnerable population. Oh, my God. Can we prioritize? (laughs) No, no, exactly. (laughs) Pets provide warmth, security, and companionship to many who sleep on the streets. Lastly, by providing services for pets whose owners are without a home, I I swear the following is in a bill, wording. Owners who are without a home, both ends of the leash would be getting the needed assistance. Okay. When, when, when someone has a sign <laughs> and they say hungry on it and they right. got their dog next to them, I go, are you though? Right. Are you? Because the dog looks healthy and you don't. I, and I'm like, I'm going to disagree with you for a second. Okay. Because I think this is where I'm kind of fascinated by this legislation because I'm assuming it's from, I don't know if it's from the standpoint of people who are helping homeless or people who want to help animals. Okay, fair. But that's okay. And a, and a lot of these situations, the animals don't look healthy and they look malnourished and they look mangy and they're not clean and they're not getting shots and they're not, um, you know, they're not being well taken care of because the owner's not, can't do it. They can't provide for it. And what we're saying is, you know what? We're more concerned about the impact the animal has on the human than what the human's doing to mm, the dog or the mm-hmm, cat. Mm-hmm. Because these dogs don't look good. And if they do look good, there's a problem. But also, doesn't that fit with what what we were talking about in the previous segment? But if you're homeless, you're part of a group that you you can't do anything wrong. I mean, we can't, you know, you have the ultimate, you need to be helped. Isn't that weird? Right. Right. I mean, you could, like you said, you could be totally mistreating this animal, but you're homeless. So... So it gives you an excuse uh, oh, to just absolutely. have zero responsibility. In that. Absolutely. Even though maybe, I know I'm going to get beat up for making this generalization, <laughs> but maybe that's the reason why you ended up on the street. I know a lot of people end up on hard oh. times. You're, know, a, you're, I, big, you're a big labeler here tonight. <laughs> you're worse than RuPaul. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, and I know, I know people fall on hard times. Absolutely. I know that um, sometimes people have no other options. I do think that drug abuse is a big deal. Totally. I think a lot of the mental health is drug induced. That and you're probably right. And that comes from making poor choices. Right. I right. can't help you on that one. But bills like this, you you said the right word, priorities. We we we, we can't even get uh I forget how many thousand people the uh, the shelter in San Francisco, the navigation center you're talking about. We can't even get stuff like that passed to house people. How did we like, what are we doing here? Real quick, I'm going to run down the scores for the other one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten metrics. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. In workforce, we got a B. We got lots of people. Lots uh, and lots that, of people. If that's the metric, sure, it makes sense. And which, if we ever need more people, there's plenty of people to bring into the workforce. Which ranked us number 10. Economy, we got a B, which ranked us 19. Infrastructure, we got a C. That's with a rank of 33. Generous, but it definitely shouldn't have been an A or a B. We discussed cost of doing business, dead last at yep. 50 with an F. Has to be. Quality of life, C plus 
Ranked 17th. Weather, though. We talked about that at the beginning of the show. That, that to, bought them the half point. There. Has to have. Has to have. This one surprised me. Education, C- minus at 30. How are we not lower than a C-? minus? Oh, no joke. We've just talked about in the last few episodes how awful our education oh, is. You, you Nobody's know, ready for college. Nobody's passing high school. 5%, 10%. I, I'm going to play this one off. Nobody can read or do math. <laughs> we have some stellar universities. Now if that's a can, fair point. If you don't mind getting into debt. Now that's a fair point. Depending on how they the Caltech and the Stanford, the Stanford's, and, yeah. It's a good uh, point, Bobby. Good point. Yeah, if you're like, no, no, right. I mean, <laughs> that's picking up the slack for K. If you're through able to school. even read and do math and get to college, it's pretty good. Yeah, <sighs> you know, that could be a total skew. You're right. Technology and innovation. We got an A plus well, in ranked one because of, of Silicon Valley. Exactly. Yeah. Let's and get SpaceX. And, and that's else. another category I saw, but you'll get to it. Business friendliness we discussed last with an F. F. Access to capital. That's A plus rank one. Silicon Valley. It's why we have venture. All of the all of the world's biggest, most important venture capitalists set two miles from Stanford University in Silicon right. Valley. Right. So because that's where our tech, of course, our new tech is pumping out of. And, and that's right. That is why we got an A plus, and we should for that. I mean, access to venture capital is better here than anywhere in the world. Cost of living. F. Shocker. We ranked 49th. <laughs> Fantastic. That's pretty gnarly. And, and nothing that I, you know, if you're a listener of the show, if you're just, um, if you are actually, are you, if you're really woke, you, you oh, understand yeah. the, <laughs> yeah. the smoke and mirrors going on in California. I don't think the F in cost of doing business, the F in business friendliness, and the F in cost of living surprise you. Oh, no. If you're living in, like, the real world in the state, none of that surprised you. You know, obviously this stuff has, unless there's incredibly disruptive technology or something happens, this stuff has a, a longer than decent runway to it. But over time, as more tech companies find the Bozeman, Montanas, the Boise, Idaho's, the other locations in the West and throughout the country that aren't Silicon Valley for quality of life, cost of living, and being able to telecommute. And as Silicon Valley slowly shifts out, California is done. The amount that they rely financially, um, marketing, uh, so many aspects on Silicon Valley is ridiculous. It's true. Absolutely. They got a big problem. That's all I got. All right. Well, we got some uh, listener mail, actually. Oh. Yeah, I got some listener mail. Sweet. Uh, John writes, uh, wanted to get your guys' opinion on Beto O'Rourke going to Mexico to campaign for president. He wrote a pretty lengthy email, and then he ends it up with, uh, love your guys' podcast and burn it all down. <laughs> I had to read that part. That's awesome. <laughs> See, people love it, Louie, okay? No, people I get it. it. I just don't want to be held criminal they liable love, for They it. love our pushback against the state government. That's right. So, I like the burn it all down. I think you just got to preface it with. John, that's just for you. Burn it all down. But okay. <laughs> uh, Beto O'Rourke going down to Mexico. We get this a lot when um, politicians are running for uh, president. We all remember when President Obama, when he was campaigning, went on his big apology tour for America. Oh, we're terrible. And then he comes back and tells oh, us man. a different story. But in contrast... When the candidates now go to Mexico, for example, and they tell everybody how awful we are and how terrible a system and this 
country was built only for white people and based on slavery. He comes back to his own constituents and reiterates the whole thing. At least Obama tried to play it off and say, you know, I didn't say that or I, I didn't lie to my own constituents. We're still a great country. He tells the world one thing and tells his constituents another. Here, now, it's a complete opposite. They say the same message about how terrible we are. And Beto O'Rourke is running for president of Mexico and not a president of America. I don't get him. You know, he's like, he, I remember the scene, that, that little clip of him. Uh, I believe there was a little Muslim lady next to him and, and then somebody else. And he was like, yeah, America's terrible. We're based on slavery for white people. And I'm like, dude, you're white. And his ancestry, he owned slaves. Oh yeah, I mean, he like, just found what's that out. going on here? I mean, I think that campaign. We were talking about this, Bobby, earlier. I think that campaign's done. I mean, he's the the, the end of the momentum of that wave is showing up big time. But I think something like this down in Mexico, on the surface, to me, it just strikes me as an element of signaling, right? Like, obviously, well, enter here, cross in well, through here. There's that, but also signaling to the people that are here recently arrived. Don't worry, see, because I'm down here and I care about people that aren't even here. You've got nothing to worry about. It's the answer to Corey's book, or I live in the ghetto. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, that's a good every point. night. That's a good one. And I'm I'm with the people. I'm I'm a rich politician, but I'm down with the. I know down the with cause. the proletariat. I, I, I know. Yeah. I, I'm I'm for the cause. Right. I know it. Down with the struggle. Yeah. I mean, like when Beto's Beto's campaign, he he raised a lot of money when he joined the race. And I think he's been living off of that for a while. He has enough to like keep going for a little bit longer, but he doesn't have the numbers. I think he's in the next debates. I think that's the last debates for him. Mm. That's my call. I might have to hold you to that episode. It's a 54. prediction. It's a prediction. That's all we got, folks. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend. Friends are how we get famous. Uh, downloads are up. Website's pretty cool. CaliStreaming.com. C-A-L-I streaming.com. You can find our show pages all the articles and sources we talk about in our stories and uh, also download us on Apple iTunes and the Google play store. And uh, Bobby, what's your message for this week? Well, since I angered everybody and I already got the burn it all down just for John over there, I'm going to tell everybody, how about you get involved? Ooh, get mm. involved. Yeah. Cause it's not enough. You got to get involved. Come on. <laughs>